I'm Alec Lace. Welcome to First Class Fatherhood. Welcome, everybody, to episode 333 of the podcast. I am happy, as always, to be here with you. Thank you for stopping by. If this is your first time listening to the podcast, please get over there and bang that subscribe button. You do not want to miss all the action that's coming your way right here on First Class Fatherhood. All right, dads, we are back on the gridiron today. Super Bowl champion Ryan Harris joins me on the podcast. He is a former offensive lineman, a 10-year NFL veteran who was a part of the Denver Broncos team that won Super Bowl 50, in which Peyton Manning led the Broncos over to Carolina Panthers. Ryan played his college ball at the University of Notre Dame. He was drafted in the third round of the 2007 NFL Draft by the Broncos. He also played for the Eagles, Texans, Chiefs, and Steelers over the course of his career. Ryan Harris will be here with me in just a few minutes, so please stick around for the interview. And today's conversation with Ryan Harris was recorded on video and is available for you guys to watch on my YouTube channel. So if you would like to watch the conversation between myself and the Super Bowl champion, please subscribe to First Class Fatherhood on YouTube. The link is in the description of today's podcast episode. All right, and it was a very unique Easter weekend here with the quarantine still in effect. I know that all you dads out there felt this at some point. Uh, There was no picture to be had with the Easter bunny. There was no big Easter egg hunt that the kids could participate in with their friends. We did dye our Easter eggs here uh, as usual, but it just didn't have the same feel. I I really pray that this whole uh, quarantine pandemic will be over with soon here so we can get back to some type of, uh, of normalcy. I'm continuing to do my best to pump out the episodes. Wednesday on the podcast, UFC fighter Leon Rocky Edwards will be here. And man, did he feel the sting of the quarantine because he is the number four ranked welterweight fighter in the world. He was scheduled to fight for the number one spot, but the fight was canceled, as were all the UFC fights, uh, despite Dana White's desperate attempts to keep them going. And speaking of Dana White, if you missed my interview with the UFC president himself, please go back to episode 275 and take a listen. And if any of you dads are big readers like myself out there and you're looking for a good book to read to hold you over during the rest of this quarantine, I did add a page to my website, firstclassfatherhood.com. I put a page up there with a list of all the books written by the dads that you've heard me interview here on the podcast. Uh, So go check it out, firstclassfatherhood.com. The the name of the page is Books by Dads. I'm going to put a link in the description of today's podcast episode. Uh, Bang the link. Go check it out. A lot of great great books. New York Times best-selling books on there. Uh, you're going to find something that you'll enjoy and hopefully tide you over until we are out of the quarantine here. So go check it out. Uh, and as always, please help me spread the word about this podcast to every father in your neighborhood or in your contact list. Uh, let them know about the show that celebrates fatherhood and family life. Fatherhood rocks. Family values rule. And every day is Father's Day right here with me. And I'm going to be right back with Super Bowl champion Ryan Harris. I'm Alec Lace, and you're listening to First Class Fatherhood. All right, dads, I got a question for you. What do you do with all your photos? I mean, I've got pictures of my camera roll that go all the way back to the iPhone 4, and they take up the majority of the storage space on my phone. And out of the tens and thousands of pictures that I've taken of my family over the years, I would say there's only a select few that I would consider my favorite. I'm sure you have favorites as well. And for those special photos, you have got to check out canvaspeople.com. Canvas people print your favorite photos on canvas for a really unique and beautiful print. I was looking for something cool and different to do with my favorite photos so I can hang them on the wall. And canvas people had exactly what I was looking for. My photos look like pieces of art and they really add a first class touch to our home. I know you're going to love Canvas People as well and right now First Class Fatherhood listeners can receive an 11 by 14 Canvas People print 
for free. That's right. I'm talking about a $76 value for free. All you got to do is pay the shipping and handling. Go visit canvaspeople.com, upload your photo, and then enter the code FATHERHOOD at the checkout, and you're going to receive an 11 by 14 Canvas People print for free. Just take care of the shipping and handling. Go visit them today. Canvaspeople.com. Use the promo code FATHERHOOD. Joining me now, a first-class father, Ryan Harris. Welcome to First Class Fatherhood. Thanks, Alec. I'm honored to be here, and thanks for doing a podcast on fatherhood, man. We need more resources. <laughs> yeah, right on with that. Let's start it like this. How many kids do you have, and how, how old are they? And I got three kids, six, five, 14 months apart, and then 11 months. So we, uh, we went for three, and uh, still, though, the biggest increase for me was zero to one. That was a game changer. Yeah, I hear you there. I got four children myself, so uh, I understand that. What, what type of sports or activities are they all into? You know, I'm, I'm huge on letting them choose what they want to do. You know, I got them into the older ones are into Brazilian jiu-jitsu. I got them into that just so that they could learn. You know, I wrestled when I was in high school, just learning their capabilities, but also the discipline. You know, one of the first things they had to do um, to get a belt, their first belt was to listen to myself or my wife three times the first time. And that's made a remarkable difference. And just their confidence in their body. Uh, we put them in sports, but I'm not, I'm not trying to have the best six-year-old soccer player, the best 12-year-old, you know, uh, hockey player. You know, I didn't start football until I was 14. Roger Federer didn't start tennis until I was 14. So our focus for our kids is having fun and tired and getting them tired before bedtime. <laughs> yeah, very cool. All right, Ryan, if you could, please just take a minute here to hit my listeners with a little bit about your background and what you do. Yeah, so uh, I'm a, I played 10 years in the NFL. Uh, I was drafted by the Denver Broncos 2007 after attending Notre Dame and starting there for four years. Uh, I got my degree in three and a half years, uh, two degrees, political science and economics and politics, uh, economics and policy, I'm sorry. And then um, now, uh, so got drafted by the Broncos, uh, got released by the Broncos, went to the Texans for two years and the Chiefs for a year, came back to the Broncos. We won Super Bowl 50, in which I started all 19 games and then finished my career at the Pittsburgh Steelers. And in 10 years, I had nine surgeries, three on my back, total toe replacement, uh, five surgeries to save my leg below my uh, knee on my left leg. And now I'm a, a best-selling author, a public speaker. So I do corporate speaking events as well as uh, charitable speaking events, emceeing and auctioneering. And I'm a sports broadcaster. I do the Nordame football uh, radio calls uh, nation, nationwide. And I also have a weekday radio show here in Denver uh, that talks sports on the station for the Nuggets and the Avalanche. And I do um, um, radio for Westwood One, Monday Night Football, as well as work for CBS, NBC here in Denver. Wow. Yeah. What an incredible resume there, Ryan. And so uh, when did fatherhood come into this picture for you about how old were you when you, when you became a dad for the first time and how did becoming a father kind of change your perspective on life? Yeah, you know, fatherhood, I became a father at 29 and uh, I still remember after we had our son, I was in the middle of a season where we lost 14 straight games. And, uh, and, I, and I remember going to practice, you know, in the NFL, you get one day off and I had to show proof that I had a baby. And so two days after my son was born, I was in practice and my coach was saying, you know, he was critiquing me on something, and uh, it was just one of those deals where, for me, I, I'll never forget sitting there saying, I don't give a damn what this coach is saying. I got a son now. And uh, the, the real perspective change for me came when I had my daughter. I was just oblivious, as I think many fathers are, you know, to 
to what to to what the world looks like through uh through a woman's eyes and so creating a world where my daughter you know when i have my son it's like show him how to be tough you know show him how to be strong and for my daughter it was like show her what love is show her what connection is what what good attention is you know um and then showing my son those same things because he needs those same things too so my real perspective change uh came when i had my daughter because that was kind of a i don't know what the world looks like for her, but I, I want to make sure she's confident and capable and taking risks in our world as that's how you succeed. Yeah, well said, Ryan. And yeah, I, I had my three boys first, then we got our girl on the fourth try. And that, I had that same uh, type of experience going from, uh, you know, being a father to three boys, then adding the girl. Now, you know, now she runs the show here. So uh, it, it's definitely changed the dynamic <laughs> of the house. <laughs> uh, yeah. What about Hell yeah, what, the best. What, what about as far as this? Discipline, Ryan. What type of disciplinarian are you as a dad, and is it different than the discipline style you grew up with? Yeah, you know that's a great question. And um, and my wife and I, you know, we were fortunate. I advise everybody, you know, we don't go to a wedding if someone doesn't go go to premarital counseling. It was transformative for us. And we, honestly, Alec, we went for three hours, you know, three separate sessions for an hour. And in one of those conversations was, how do you want to discipline your kids? And listen, I've been with literal, you know, sociopaths on different teams. I've been with, you know, summa cum laude all the way to guys who can't read. And the thing that keeps everybody in line, everybody performing, and I'm sure you've had experience with this in your life, is discipline. So I'm firm on discipline. And and it's not as much discipline to me, Alec, as it is expectation. I expect you to behave yourself when we're out in public. I expect you to communicate to me if there's an issue. And I expect you to listen to me. So um, you know, we do have high expectations for our children. We treat them with the intelligence that they have. We encourage them. We do not react. You know, the biggest thing for my wife and I was not to react when, you know, our, our kid fell, you know, Hey, good fall. Falling's a part of life. We get back up in this family. In this family, we listen. In this family, we work hard. So we really establish a growth mindset. And in that way, I, I am being raised the way I was, you know, um, and, and we're, we're pretty firm with discipline. Um, and fortunately, because of the expectations and our communication, uh, our kids don't need much. And also it's on us as parents, you know, to realize our kids aren't thinking logically when they're upset. You know, it's our job to mitigate things like, are they hungry? Have they not napped? Are we doing too much in a day? So are we really try and put a lot on ourselves to keep high expectations for our kids. Yeah, very well said, Ryan. And and you mentioned there, too, that you started playing football uh, at, at the age of 14. And well, one of the things I love to ask the NFL dads that I get on the show is just because it's a difficult decision for a lot of parents out here, whether or not we should allow our kids to play tackle football, especially with all the conflicting reports we get about the concussion stuff. So um, in, in your opinion here, um, is it OK for young kids to play tackle football? And what's a good age for them to start? You know, I'm, I'm of the firm belief that um, no one should be playing tackle football until the age of 14. And, you know, I understand. And let me, let me give you a couple of reasons why. When I got to the University of Notre Dame, I'd seen something I'd never seen before. I'm talking about a 6'6 offensive tackle who's 320 pounds. I mean, this kid's going in the first four rounds if he just tries. And, I, and he just didn't. I said, what are you doing? He said, I'm tired of football. So as soon as I got my scholarship, I shut it down. And before he got to Notre Dame, he was done because he'd been playing football since he was five. I would say 80% of the players I played with were burnt out by the time they finished their second year of college because of their sport. And that's not just in football. That's in basketball. That's in baseball. That's in, you know, volleyball and tennis, swimming especially. So, 
you know, the big thing for me is you got to let your kids have fun. Hey, you want to play football? Great. Do a flag football league. You want to play football? Teach them how to teach them how to run in soccer. Teach them how to, you know, run in track. You've got to create these opportunities for them to just have fun in sports. You know, I was at a, my son. We started him in Mike skating, literally how to skate right to left. And there's this dad screaming, come on, Micah, come on. And I'm like, and one, you can tell the dad was never an athlete himself. Right. And two, the kid's learning how to skate. You're not going to win a learning how to skate competition. So uh, I would say if your kids want to watch, play football, one, take them to games. That was the biggest thing for me when I was younger. My grandfather and father took me to Vikings games and I saw David Dixon, this big offensive tackle and, and, and all these different guys, Randall McDaniel. And I learned that there could be a place for me and I learned to love the game first. And We just had Missy Franklin on my show. Last week, you know, six yesterday, six time Olympic medalist, four time gold medalist. And she played everything, even volleyball into into high school. Joe Maurer was on my show, a friend of mine who I played with in high school. And he said if he was forced to choose, he'd have played basketball. So if you want your kids to play football, wait till they hit puberty, because because when you do play football, let me tell you what guys like me are coming to rip your bleeping head off. And we don't care about your feelings and we don't care what happens to you afterwards. Don't put your kid in that situation, a situation you weren't willing to be in most of the time and force them to do something you don't want to do because you could kill their love for the game. Yeah, very well said, Ryan. And it's true. I mean, it's so different today. Like when I was a kid, I know Little League was huge when I was a kid, but not so much for the other sports where it's like now there's like a, a fall soccer league for four year olds. There's a spring soccer league. There's a league and an organization for everything. We don't give the kids a chance to um, make the teams uh, themselves or pick the teams, make the rules and do all those things. And I think we kind of robbed them of that, that freedom to uh, kind of like learn it on the fly. Like we did, like we didn't have parents and coaches and reps always uh, hounding us and telling us what to do. Like we, we kind of made it up on the fly when we were kids, you know? Well, and like you said, now kids make every team. How about not making a team? I still remember being pissed not making an all-star squad in Little League. I still remember being grateful for being a taxi squad player in, bas in baseball. You know, everybody knows Michael Jordan didn't make the varsity team. I mean, where was he if he would have gotten on whatever team he wanted? Would he have had the same edge to him, you know? And, and also think about the coaching that, that, that a seven-year-old's getting in football. You know, you, I talked to a guy. He said, hey, man, I run the toughest. I, my, my kids are the best every year. We come out of the gate the best – you know, the best um, with the best record. And we won two of the last five state championships. I'm like, wow, man, what makes your team so good? And he goes, what will we hit the most? We're the, we hit every practice and training camp. I'm like, oh, sweet. How old are your kids? Alec, he says nine. What kind of a psychopath is having the most physical practices at nine years old? These are not rational human beings. So You've got to give your kids time to be a kid. Trust me, there's going to be plenty of time for football, baseball, soccer. Let them be a kid, love, make mistakes, have fun. Yeah, I, I couldn't agree with you more there, Ryan. And uh, uh, right now, you know, hopefully when this comes out, we'll be in a little bit better situation. But right now, we're kind of in right in the thick of this whole coronavirus, everything kind of locked down. How are you managing? I mean, I'm, I got four kids home now. We're homeschooling here. We've added that to the resume. How are you kind of managing this whole coronavirus thing out there? All right, dads, the summer will be here before you know it. Are you serious about turning your dad bod into a beach bod? Well, former Navy SEAL and professional MMA fighter Mitch Aguiar has designed the products to help you smash your goal. 
Smash and Greens are an extremely nutrient-dense blend of organic superfoods with no fillers. They are designed to be taken as a daily supplement or as a complete meal replacement. All ingredients were chosen to specifically curb your hunger, maximize your energy, clear your skin, and burn fat. Visit MassiveSupplements.com or hit the link in the show notes and check out all available products, including plant-based multivitamins, Smash and Beans organic coffee, protein shakes, power creatine, and more. Smash your greens. Visit MassiveSupplements.com. That's M-A-S-F Supplements.com. We're kind of in right in the thick of this whole coronavirus, everything kind of locked down. How are you managing? I mean, I'm, I got four kids home now. We're homeschooling here. We've added that to the resume. How are you kind of managing this whole coronavirus thing out there? Yeah, you know, and, and good luck to you, right? <laughs> I mean, good luck. And, and uh, you know, homeschool parents, I think everybody's kind of getting a, a dose of what homeschool parents go through. Um, you know, I'm just trying to be as flexible as possible. You know, anytime, and I learned this in the NFL, anytime you encounter a situation that you didn't plan for, whether that's a blitz or a turn of events in a game, you have to be flexible. I mean, think about Peyton Manning, a quarterback I played with, won the Super Bowl with. He was flexible at the line of scrimmage every single play. He wasn't coming to the line of scrimmage saying, this is the way we're doing things and this is the only way, right? He was flexible in every single situation. You know, I'm, a, I'm big on yoga. I'm being flexible. So, you know, so that also translates to life. you got to be flexible, number one. I've been giving grace to my kids, number two. Getting them moving. We've done everything from YouTube, card, kids cardio, to uh, doing a body weight, you know, workout class with myself. And the other thing, too, is, is making sure I'm communicating with my wife and saying, hey, you know, our 11-month-old is bothering me today. I don't know what it is. It's not his fault, but that's on me. And, and it's on me to communicate that as well. Can you help me out here? Um, my wife's been doing walks. I, I work, make sure I work out every morning. So those are the things I'm doing. But it starts with being flexible and giving a ton of grace to because kids base their life on routine. We all do. And everybody's routine is disrupted right now. The best thing you can do is be flexible, be gracious and get these kids moving. Yeah, good stuff. And I've seen on your Instagram there you got surfing. You haven't mentioned it here yet while I'm talking to you. So <laughs> When did you get into surfing, and are the kids into that too? Oh man, they will be. You know, once uh, <laughs> you know, they will be. But I got into surfing. Um, you know, Alec, I was big. I'm big on financial literacy, and where guys would go to the strip clubs and spend five thousand dollars, or the, the dance clubs and spend five to ten, uh, I would I would save my money and go traveling. So I learned how to surf in Maui, and uh, I love surfing, man. So I surf as much as I can. I just I had to take a trip, and this is something I think is important, not just for fathers, but for mothers as well. I told, told my wife at the end of this broadcast season, I said, listen, I need a break. I, I'm going to take four days. I'm going to go to Mexico and surf right north of Puerto Vallarta. And, uh, and I need this time. And I love my wife. And she's like, yes, you do. You're going to be a better father and husband when you come back. So I went and surfed for four days. I, like, I woke up at an all-inclusive there. Shout out to the Grand Palladium. I woke up, ate breakfast, surfed, went to lunch, surfed, and then went to dinner, went to bed. Did that for four days, man. So um, surfing to me, you get out there, you're, you're, you're with nature. You're, even if you're with people, you don't really talk to people. And it's all about you swimming and moving. And, and when you ride that wave, man, or you drop into a wave, it's like God's hand just pushing you to have fun. You just glide and you're free. And, and I love surfing, man. I'd surf every day if I could. Yeah, that's awesome, Ryan. I've never done it, so it's something that uh, I definitely got on the list here that uh, things to try, especially up there with hunting. And like, I'm not a big fisherman and stuff like that, so uh, those are things yeah. I look forward to, you know, experiencing. Hopefully, uh, with my kids here. 
And you know what, Ryan, one thing I talk about on the podcast here a lot is that we got like a real fatherless crisis going on in the country. We got too many kids that are growing up without a father in the home or, or yeah. a, a father figure in their life. So um, I think it's important to, you know, to have that, that presence that you do. And one, one thing we struggle with, too, right now is, is the technology. Uh, and right now it's keeping us all connected, which is a good thing. But it, it's also now my kids are getting a little bit too much of it than they would on a normal thing. How do you kind of monitor or handle all the technology and stuff like that with your kids? Yeah, that's a great question, you know, because here's also the truth. 90% of content's consumed on a mobile device. I mean, chances are everybody, you know, listening or watching this is watching it on a mobile device. And that's the future. And you talk about, you know, data science, data mining. I mean, those are jobs that right now pay over $97,000 in their first year. So how do you balance the introduction of technology while also creating, you know, social norms, right, and giving them socialized? We try and limit the television um, and, and we really try and create right now. You know, we try and create real life experiences. Um, we do arts and crafts with their hands. You know, I mentioned doing jujitsu, um, but we're really big on turning the television off. And now for us, you know, the, the iPad's a reward. Hey, you guys have been fantastic all day. Hey, you know what? There is going to be some things where some days where, yeah, go ahead and watch. You know, you've been you've been really well behaved. Watch this or watch this on the plane. So. But we also do things like there's Elephant Learning, a great app that helps kids pick their games and learn about math. So we try and incorporate those things as much as possible. But here's the reality. By the time our child, my children are eight, and those of you who have eight-year-olds, technology is going to be a part. They are digital natives. They're not going to know what it's like to not have a cell phone, to not have Wi-Fi. Alec, you'd laugh. We, were at, we took a little vacation, staycation. We're big on those. So we went to the, whole, the Gaylord Hotel here in Denver. And my daughter, we turn on the TV. She goes, well, well, I'm like, hey, guys, let's watch some TV. She says, well, I want to watch Paw Patrol. I'm like, well, they don't have it on TV. And she just couldn't comprehend it. She goes, <laughs> but I want to watch it right now. You know, their, their whole world is on demand. They don't remember rushing home and dumping your bike in the front yard to catch the 7 o'clock game or something like that. So I'm aware and I want my children to know how to interact with people and say hello and look people in the eye. And also, their future depends on their mastery of technology. So I encourage parents, send your kids to a programming, you know, summer camp for a week. Send them to a systems programming, you know, camp for a week. These are things that we have no idea that how technology is going to, you know, translate itself. You and I, Alec, we remember going to Blockbuster, grabbing Twizzlers and that bucket of popcorn and getting two or three movies. Who would have known then that you would be able to stream movies into your home? And this is just the beginning, you know, and, and one person I, I gave a speech to to some people at Microsoft. And one thing they're working on are the Internet of Things. They said not only are driverless cars the future, but what's the content in those driverless cars? Where are you going? What do people want to do in those cars? I mean, these are questions we don't have answers to that our children will build solutions to. So technology is a interesting double edged sword. But we give ex life experience now knowing that we're going to dive deep into technology later. So they're prepared to be successful. Yeah, and I think one of the things, too, is that if you can master those skills of, like, one of the books, I mean, I'm a big reader myself. I, I try to knock out at least a book a week. And one of the books I gave my oldest son is uh, How to Win Friends and Influence People by Dale Carnegie. Yes. And just because yes. they teach those those common, simple skills that are overlooked. And I think I, I drive a lot of Uber on the weekend. Well, not now during this thing. But, you know, and I want to get these young guys in the car. Like, when you make eye contact with them, they always avoid it. And it, their, their communication skills are definitely slipping, especially the college kids uh, that I drive yeah. around. So I think if you can master those, I think you definitely have a leg up in the future for what's to come here. Well, and the number one thing is you have to have the courage 
to to address conflict. It's not just the eye contact, it's the aversion to conflict. And How to Win Friends and Influence People is a great, great book. I, I highly recommend it. Another book I recommend, Never Split the Difference by Chris Voss. It's a book on negotiating because so often young people, you know, we use technology to avoid confrontation, right? Sometimes we use sports to avoid confrontation. But being courageous in life really means being, accept, being willing to not only be in some sort of altercation or conflict, but making sure you can communicate and then resolve it, right? I mean, in the, in the NFL, every year I had a fight with teammates. I almost, you know, at one point I almost strangled the coach because he was talking track to me, right? Now, in football, though, we have a saying, what stays on the field stays on the field. If we got an issue, Alec, you and I, we're going to get it out on the field because what we're not going to do is take it to the locker room and start throwing eggs around at breakfast, right? So in the NFL, you're encouraged. Hey, you got an issue, you handle it right now. And in the real world, we don't have those parameters. We don't have, and one thing even in broadcasting, I tell people I work with, like, listen, I'm going to challenge you at times just because that's how I am. And when we come to a solution, that's it. I'm not going to carry it with me and tell people, oh, Alec and I had a conversation and I don't like him. No, Alec and I had a conversation. We addressed it. I'm good. You know, so that's the big thing. I want my kids to have skills in being able to handle conflict because you're going to do it in life, in marriage in parenthood, and you better be ready and have those skills. Great stuff, Ryan. Yeah, you know what? You've, you've had so much uh, success along your career, so many different uh, avenues, so many different uh, interests. Well, what's kind of next for you here? What kind of goals or plans do you have for yourself for the future? Yeah, well, in this coronavirus, I'm learning how to speak Chinese. I think <laughs> it's good. I think it's interesting. You know, uh, over a billion people speak it, and uh, I, I, I already speak Spanish fluently. Uh, I know Arabic. And uh, to me, I want to learn Chinese. So in the future, it's Chinese. Um, and for me, I want to continue to grow. You know, I found a lot of response in financial literacy. You know, I'm huge on it. I spent my last years in the NFL training younger cats and how to buy stock, how to not buy new cars, you know, telling them, you know, nobody cares about your money at the end of the day. You need income. So for me, I want to continue to grow the conversation about financial literacy and help people understand what they're capable of. I mean, Alec, I work with two guys in radio and, and, and in conversations with them about money, they were like, I didn't know I could buy a house. I'm like, yeah, not only can you buy a house, what do you think about a duplex? How about making money while you're a single guy with no kids and no wife? Why don't you buy a duplex? You know, I can buy, literally one person says to me, I can buy a duplex. You know, I've had people in tears. I can buy stocks. So my, uh, my next project is going to be a, um, a video podcast. Uh, series that talks about financial literacy and shows people how many ways people make money. You and I know, Alec, people make money. Just take broadcasting, for example. There's production, there's producers, there's advertising, accounting, uh, and then there's on-air talent, right? So I want to have these conversations continue to grow because, Alec, when we're smart with our money, we make better decisions. Our kids are more educated. We have better and safer communities. And it's all within our reach by doing a small, a few small things, delaying purchases, knowing the difference between price versus cost and really understanding that saving money means saving $60 out of every $100 you make. Yeah. And I'll tell you what, Ron, I wish these are things that would be taught in school too. Like I, I yes. think a lot of this stuff should be taught now in the schools, what to do with a dollar, how to invest and then how to set goals and stuff like this. I wish they would start teaching even in the, in the grade school levels. I wish they would start with stuff like that, but if, but if you can't, 
depend on the school system to do it. And I think today we have the access to the information just because of the technology uh, to show the kids. Like I have my one kid with the uh, Jim Quick is one of these guys that are teaching you better ways to read and stuff like that. So we have access uh, to stuff like never before to, to the information. So uh, and it's great to have yeah. somebody with the knowledge to put the content out there for us to consume. So I look forward to you doing that in the future. And the last thing I want to hit you with here, Ryan, I love to ask all the dads that I get on the podcast. What type of advice do you have for the new dad or for that about-to-be father who's out there listening? Oh, man. First of all, man, you give me the chills. Uh, the new dad, first-time dad, know that all of us fathers love you and that all of us fathers have been there. You know, no one knows what they're doing the first time. Um, and I'll give you two things I want you to do, new fathers. I want you to take care of your wife, and that means, or lady, I want you to make sure she's happy, and I want you still to date her. My wife and I date at least once a month. We still go on dates. And my first, after our first kid, my wife cried all the way to dinner because we were leaving our kid behind. But date your wife. Still be married first and parents second. And then number two, you've got to fight for your space that you need. If that's a poker game or a softball game or a surf trip once a year, fight for you because it's so easy to lose yourself and your kids and your family. You want to do it every day, but you've got to maintain who you are, what brought the love together that created your children. So make sure that one, you continue to date your wife, be married first and parents second. And two, you've got to fight for your space. And if your partner's unwilling to do it, you've got to make sure you can communicate to them how necessary it is and take your time to be yourself. Yeah, very well said. I love the message. This has been an honor for me. I got to say, Ryan Harris, you're a first class father all the way. And thank you so much for giving me a few minutes of your time here on First Class Fatherhood. Alec, thank you. Thank you for your patience and thank you for doing this. Thank you to all the fathers out there. Back to wrap things up here on First Class Fatherhood. I got to give a special thank you once again to Ryan Harris for giving me a few minutes of his time here. It was so cool. Please hit me up on Twitter, guys, or drop me that DM on Instagram. Let me know what you thought about today's episode. I always love to read your feedback. Lock it in. A lot more action still to come your way this week. Wednesday on the podcast, the number four ranked welterweight UFC fighter, Leon Rocky Edwards, joins me here. Uh, Friday, I got Derek Dillard. Check out my Instagram account at Alec underscore Lace to find out all of the upcoming guest announcements as I continue to push through and try to pump out the best content possible for you guys. I hope you guys are staying safe, staying healthy, and staying tuned. Uh, Thank you for listening to First Class Fatherhood. I'm Alec Lace, and please remember, guys, we are not babysitters. We are fathers, and we're not just fathers. We are first class fathers.